see. Hello and welcome and thank you for tuning in to the 2022 Shortwave Theater Festival. I am here with a dear friend of mine, very busy, very uh really exciting artist and community member in Kingston that I only recently got to get to know in the last few years, so I feel lucky. So I'm here with beloved Anne-Marie Mortensen. Hello, Anne-Marie, how you doing? Hi, Mariah. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Like you said, busy, but aren't we all? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not as busy as you. I can confirm that. We were just catching up on all the various projects that Emery is working on. So we'll get to them in this interview. But before we talk about how busy you are, I want to learn a bit more about about you and your career and, you know, how you got started in in theater in Kingston and, and why you're still doing it. So how'd you get started? Where did, where? Tell me the beginning. Well, I got started because um, my, at the time, eight-year-old daughter was just looking for things that I was looking for things to allow her to enjoy. So like any parent, mm -hmm. uh, she got enrolled in brownies or I enrolled her in soccer and nothing was really sticking. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and school was fine. But she really needed something to, you know, latch on to. Um, I tried horses because I love horses and horses were my thing. They were not her thing. <laughs> um, so a couple of the boys at her school. So she, uh, she attended. a. Can I just say the name of the school? Yeah, you can say the name of the school. Yeah, she attended Collins Bay Public School. And two of the boys in, in that school uh, were older than her, but they were doing a play um, for a company that has been around for a long time, but unfortunately no longer exists, but it was called theater five and they posted posters in the school to talk about the play and to invite people to come see. So I took her, she was absolutely enthralled. And so these two boys, so John and Mitch are their names and they know who they are. And so do a lot of other people in town. So I don't need to say their last names, but they're very talented um, men now and boys then and they were, the show was engaging and I noticed that it was written by uh, Charles Robertson and directed by Charles Robertson and produced by Theatre 5 and then there was this sort of blurb and we do acting classes I went oh well Hannah do you want to so I enrolled her and she loved doing it and she really really loved doing it and I could Theatre 5 used to be in the Tet Center before the renovation so they had sort of it's not the lower level. They had kind of the mid level. Um, mm. There used to be a rotunda in there, which I think there may still be, but I don't go to the middle level very often anymore. Oh, wow. Um, so their performances and classes were at the old tap. Wow. And I could tell when I went in that, you know, like all hands on deck were kind of needed. Yeah. Like any theater produ producing place. So I volunteered a lot and I learned a lot from Charles and from Valerie Robertson. And, uh, I did costumes, I did sets, I painted, I sewed, I stage managed, I lit, I ran the boards, <laughs> I uh, didn't really direct, but I like I I just helped wherever I could help just to support. So did that, did that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then Charles and a woman named Mackenzie Gruer had a product called Ghost of the Tree that they were interested in touring around uh, Canada at least. And they decided it was time for them to step away from Theater 5 and form a company. So they invited me in on it because they saw that I was organized and capable, I guess. And they knew that Hannah was very interested. So the idea was to take 
um, they were Charles's classes. So Charles would, would continue to teach. And I really, really wanted my kid to be able to have this program. So my answer was, yes, I would, I would go in with them. So we planned on being an itinerant company. And at the beginning, it was just Mackenzie and me who were actually the company people. Mm. And they, uh, they toured like Ontario and the East coast on the festival circuit. And, um, the Wellington Street Theater opened that year. It was 2007. Where was that? Where was the Wellington Street Theater? Uh, the Wellington Street Theater, there's a child care center that just closed there. It's on it's on Wellington and Johnson, right across from the library. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and the back of St. George's Cathedral, yep. the front of the Wellington looks at the back of St. George's. So, uh, Charles, uh, that had been run by the men that, essentially ran dramatic impact they opened that space when the grand theater closed for renovations and then their idea was that they would run it for one year while the grand could get back on its feet and the grand didn't for a little while because renovations always take longer yeah so charles took over that space and bottle tree uh anchored it so we went into now from being an itinerant company to being management for a big 250 seat venue wow but it was, you know, it was very busy and uh, we got to meet a lot of people. We got to do a lot of shows. And uh, so we did that until 2011. And then that space was sold. It had always been on the market. So it was sold to the childcare people. And then I was very lucky to find a spot at St. Andrew's Presbyterian where they welcomed us. And we've been here ever since. Oh, doing wow. Classes and producing shows and trying to write things. And uh, in the last few years, Charles has has gone off and, and decided to focus on the writing career. And I'm still here with the company doing the classes and trying to uh, bring more, um, broaden the horizons a little bit, I think. Like my, myself, my own practice, I can get so caught up in the teaching aspect that I forget that I'm also an artist. Right. Even though I bring, I feel like I bring art to the classes. It's every day. Yeah. It's not something that I'm, um, that I'm learning new, even though I'm able to hone and refine. I, I've, I really need to talk to other adult artists and other. see what's going on. Yes. <laughs> adult artists. Other adult artists. <laughs> kid, kid artists will teach us something too, but you're they right. They sure will. Yeah. They sure will. But right now, my feeling with the kid artists much of the time is that I am teaching them, um, I'm supporting them with technique and basics. Yep. And hoping that they take those and make their own thing. Right. So it, when I'm busy teaching technique and basics, um, and hoping that their ideas will apply and they'll be able to fly with that. I'm still not, I'm not getting new technique and basics new. myself. Oh, I love hearing this, Amory. Like there's so many threads that I want to pick up through this interview. I love that you've given us a bit of the uh, theater in Kingston history lesson, because when I started making theater in Kingston, Val and Charles were, and you were, were names at the top of everybody's mind, right? I, I can remember, I never saw the, a theater five show in the Tet, but I knew they were there. I saw a show that they made in this like tiny, tiny space that looked like a portable, like a school portable. Baden Street Theater. That's where they went after and, the tent was closed for renovation. That's so that, now they went there. 
Yeah. And that was really like one of my, cause I make immersive and site specific theater. And that show was one of the first times I'd seen a show that was in like, it was still a kind of a black box, but it was like a very quirky black box. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh wait, you can get way more creative with the kinds of spaces you're working in. And, and I remember having that realization at that theater five show. Oh yeah. Well, so the, the show that sort of made bottle tree productions, a mm-hmm. thing was called ghost of the tree. Mm. And that show can be played literally anywhere. Mm. You, I, you know, you, Mackenzie could walk into your apartment right now and do the show and it would be great. And, or, you know, she could do it anywhere, anywhere, outside in a tree. I she could it. do it in a black box theater. She could do it on a huge stage. She has done it in all those places. I love it. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, it's it's really, ultimately theater is good story well told well told yeah I I worked I said this in another talk back earlier this week but I worked with this artist named Brian Fiddler in in, uh, Whitehorse the Yukon and he told me once he's like isn't just good theater making what you can with what you can with whoever is around and I was like yeah yes (laughs) but I feel I feel like this is one of the intersections of yours and mine our practices which is like this real kind of unpreciousness and lack of assumptions, but really leaving space for a lot of community involvement and a lot of, you know, really authentic growth from the community, as opposed to showing up being like, hey, I've got this big vision for a big show. I really love the kind of collaborative approach that you bring. And it's really, I've been in the bottle tree space and you know, my jaw was on the floor. It's so welcoming. It's such a welcoming spot. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And you know what, when people say like, oh, you know, everybody knows, I don't feel like anybody knows me. Like I I always think like, oh, I have to explain who I am because I don't know. Like I, I, it shocks me every time somebody says, oh, you're what's it. I'm like, how do you know that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is really interesting. This is something I did want to talk to you about today, which is um, community theater and the value of community theater and what it really brings to a community. I grew up doing um, theater out of a place called Oshawa Little Theater, which ran a youth group, which ran, you know, six or eight musicals a year. My parents volunteered, it almost kind of very similar story to what you just told about your daughter. And I would not be where I am today without the lessons I learned and that space to be this like little queer imaginative creature and I and I really I would love to hear you speak to what you think the the general value of your extremely valuable work is in the community um myself I don't know uh but I hear from parents and I hear from kids even especially now that I've been at it for a little while kids come back to me now as adults and they talk about like how I'm going to get emotional because <laughs> it's never an intention. Yeah. Um, but it's the place where they can be themselves. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking, but, and also really empowering. I've stood outside the doors of bottle tree and watching these little kids like <laughs> swing the doors open and dance to their parents is like, you can really, Yes, you can really feel what that does for these kids and these families. And I really think in general, the community, so many people that I know that are theater artists in Kingston started working at Bottle Tree, started working with Val and Charles, saw theater five shows, worked with you, you know, worked at impact, like did theater impact, 
mm-hmm. or the, the arts program at KCVI and now are working at the Playhouse or, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yep, they do. And, and I love that they continue it. And I love that that we do have that, um, that we are a space. Yeah. Like that's like, what more can I ask for? Yeah. Really, even if they don't like, I don't care if you go into theater. Honestly, yeah. I don't care. I want you to be... Um, I want you to take up space. Yeah. Oh. Unapologetically, you know, like come here and be yourself and do your thing and, you know, don't break my stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, you know, don't, don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, respect the space and that people work to maintain it and to provide things that you can use that are kind of cool and fun. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, I really do feel like um, whoever comes in, I want them to be about the work. Yeah, I want them to be about. Uh, it's a, I, you know, theater is, it's the group sport for people who don't like athletics. Yeah, it is the group sport. You're right. It's you know, it's the team effort. Yep. Yeah. So like that's I want them to feel like they have that. And when they find other people, not just the kids, but the adults, when they find other people who have that in mind and they're there for the process and the project and not just to be superstars, um, they really form strong bonds and strong communities. And that's that's a good point too. Like this work is really foundational for kids finding themselves, but I think also like enough cannot be said for the adult programs too, because, you know, as somebody who's maybe new to the community or who wants to make a change in their life, it's a really welcoming space to start. And I think like, I can imagine even, you know, I have a friend of mine who works with you and I know that he ran camps and now he's still coming back. And I just think that it's, it's, you can't shake it, right. You can't shake it. You want to be a part of this community for a while. I I hope you can't shake it. I I like it's kind of like a burr on dog. You just can't shake it off. I would, just, I would describe my theater, my love of theater, as a burr on a dog. That's- <laughs> oh, Emery, and I gotta say too, like in the pandemic, these questions, especially with kids, were even more paramount. I remember the mm-hmm. first theater thing that I saw in the pandemic, like was the summer after we went into big lockdown, and you ran a bottle tree camp. And it was oh, yeah. outside in Skeleton Park. Yeah. And I lived around the corner and I went to see the show and I just like softly cried into the grass because you could just see all of these kids who had been missing out on this part of their own personality really just shine. And the best part was that it was in the park. You know, there, yeah. was, there was no fancy lights. There was no nothing. And they just like, they stood there as if this was like the biggest stage they'd ever seen. Right. And that's a gift, Emery. That's a gift. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. No, it really is. I think I really can't can't say enough about the the value of the work that you're doing. And I mean, I think this brings me to my my next my next point, which is, you know, you had mentioned you do all this work in in teaching and training and and developing other people's skills, but you also have this drive to continue to push your own practice. And this, you know, you and I have intersected with with I think that journey in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if you could speak to maybe some of the collaborations that you're working with or what are the new things that you're bringing to your practice in the last six months or a year? Great. Oh, sure. Yeah. So um, I have to give a lot of credit to uh, Annie Clifford and Greg Tilson, who I think when they invited me 
to come and sort of project manage things for the Gertrudes. I think that opened a lot of doors for me professionally. And um, I'm very thankful for that because since that time, which was only a year ago when we shot that video. <laughs> so it was to shoot the video for um, Terpenes yep. at Next Church. And I think that was just a year ago, right? Wow. Might be two, but I think it's one. Um, so since that time, uh, like my project management and, and stage management things have gone like kind of skyrocketed. So, so opening me up into a greater community and also theater Kingston Rosemary Doyle has been an incredibly welcoming and warm uh, uh, community leader for me and many other theater people. So between uh between the Gertrudes and Theater Kingston, Rosemary and Annie and Greg. Um, now other people are saying, oh, well, so look what look what Anne-Marie can do. So that's sort of the project management side, which I think is, is creative in a sense because I get to use my creative sensibilities to help guide my choices as a producer. Oh, and that's so obvious. Like I've worked with you in stage management, production management, and I would say that's the thing that makes you stand out is that you bring the same generosity and artistic, like collaborative spirit to production managing, which is such a welcome change. I've worked with so many production managers that don't do that. And you're just a treat. Um, small anecdote before uh, Anne-Marie keeps talking about her collaborations is I worked with Anne-Marie at the Skeleton Park Arts Festival. And besides, you know, production managing all of these bands and venues and artists and, and staff and teams, volunteers, um, on the second day of the festival, Anne-Marie showed up with a fresh baked loaf of bread. And who would have thought what, what kind of like busy person has that real, like generous spirit? Like Emery, you just, you just kill it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I, so, so the story behind that is we were talking about, you know, sort of nutrition and bread making and stuff. And I, and I'm just like, I'm a bread maker and I just have, I'm the laziest person on earth. So I go home at night, I throw my bread dough in a bowl. I literally stir it together about four times. I put a lid on it and I leave it until the morning and then I roll it into a loaf and bake it. That's how easy it is. And I, so I kind of went, well, I was talking to uh, Mariah and Annie about it and just, and I just said, well, bring you some bread tomorrow. <laughs> so, but I love it. I feel like that's what the difference is. Like, and I think this is the thing I've learned in the past few years and I've, I've learned from you, which is that like, we are artists that are humans at the same time. And I think that kind of like, it's not on preciousness, but like I, I had worked for 10 or so years in like in the thick of the industry and the hustle, I wasn't wearing the hustle. Well, I really wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really enjoy the like six six day work weeks all of this hours for this show that you do and then it's over i really enjoy working hard of course these long days mm -hmm. but in these really community rich environments and mm -hmm. i think the the kind of actual relationships that i've experienced through working with you through working with greg and annie and spaff um really told that story for me right we can really still do collaborative work and also bake a loaf of bread like we can do that if we want to bingo. we love each other bingo because we're there we do better work when we're supported, first of all. Yes. We do terrible work when people around us are judgmental and rushing us and making yes. sure that we're feeling less than because they want to feel like they're better. Yes. We're none of us going to go anywhere like that. Yes. Um, the ultimate goal is to put on a really good show and have the audience ecstatic and want to come back for more. Yes. The ultimate goal. 
you can't do that if you don't have good relationships with the people you're working with. Yes. And um, if you're project managing, you have to have a good relationship with the guy who cleans the porta potties. Yeah. You have to have a good relationship with the headliner of the whole festival. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. There's no question about that. And you cannot treat that porta potty cleaner any differently than you treat anybody else. Yeah. Including the headliner. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, Ultimately, the porta potty guy is a little bit more important. It's more important, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we need the bathrooms more than we need the next act. That's for well. Sure. We want him to come back next year, and the headliner. Nice to see you. <laughs> and I just, you know, like I think the other thing that I learned from working with you is like, you know, of course there is stress, but I can just tell that you want to be there all the time and me too. And I feel, I feel like that when I'm with you and when I work with you, I had such fun when we worked on SPAF. So did I, it was so, it was wonderful to work with you on that. And with Kimmy, like Kimmy's just, you guys together were what a great, what a great, wonderful. So then what, so what of these new, you know, you said you, you opened up some new contracts and new relationships, new types of positions. What, is something new that's really exciting you that you want to bring into your practice? We were talking a bit earlier in the call about the work that you're doing with the swirls. Um, so maybe you want to talk about that, but I'm curious about like, you know, what's your, what's, what's next for you that you're really animated and excited about? So that I'm, well, I'm very excited about swirls with, and that's a project that I'm producing. So I call it my project, but it's not really my project. That was Harry Simon's project that he has envisioned and I am just making it real. Um, so my my newest sort of baby is my Bottle Tree Studio series. And so I have not done, um, I haven't had a set season of plays for adults or even for his children. I have not set a season for several years now. And I used to do when we had the Wellington Street Theater, we used to do six plays in the wind, like from fall to spring, and then have a summer season of at least four, half of which were children's shows. So not that I, I mean, I kind of don't miss it because that's really a punishing schedule. Not that the, this one isn't either, but at least this one I get to see different faces. But this Bottle Tree Studio series is meant to be, um, I'm opening up my studio as a a space where people can come in and watch a really cool play. And the idea behind it is that it's local um, with the exception of my first show this season, which is written by David Ives, who is not a Kingstonian, but Kingston writers, Kingston actors, Kingston music, and hopefully uh, for the next one, a Kingston artist, visual artist, and maybe like, I'm just trying to bring all these Kingston elements together because in my mind, theater is all of it you know, we just do like, there's just so many different little artistic things you can do to be in theater if you want to. So like, I think I just want to bring that all together and all of these um, I'm trying to support a like professional, but when you think professional theater, sometimes in Canada, it's all about equity, uh, which is for people that don't know. So actors equity is the actors union and, uh, and there are certain guidelines and I don't disagree with that at all, but for a, a producer like myself, who is a sole proprietor, I'm a, an individual artist. I cannot afford to hire equity actors. So anything that I do that is paid, if I want to use equity actors, we do a collaborative approach, which is fine. Um, 
so all of these all of these studio series plays are now not necessarily equity, but they're all profit share. And I love this model. This is this is a similar model to the fringe mm -hmm. or, you know, I think I think this model is really important to speak about in Kingston because it's it, it is really hard um, to make that bridge between, you know, we're doing community work and now we're going to pay our artists. And I've worked with these the dot policy before, which is these, yeah. you know, a way for for companies to work with equity artists and professional artists in a way that pays them, but it also in a way that allows a company to to start new, to be a catalyst, to have to have some you know, have a bit of support because it's, it's really hard. I'm like you, I really obviously support the union, believe in the union, but mm -hmm. as a, as a, as a new company or as a, as a sole proprietor, like you're talking about, sometimes you got to get creative because I don't think the union's perfect. So I think that's, you know, it's yeah. a great approach. Yeah. There's just no way that I could do it. I yeah. can't, I, I mean, those actors would, and, and I'm not saying that I deserve more money, but I, when I produce plays, I know I do not get money. Yeah, I get, I rarely lose money, but I never make money. So if, if you've ever done a show with me and been paid and that's usually the musician, well, the musicians always get paid something. Um, you've made more money than I've made. Mm. And it's hard. So, it's a hard thing. Like even, when, even when we started shortwave, right? Like, you know, we don't, we don't work with equity actors with shortwave either, but we had the same feeling of it's really important to pay these artists. And, you know, the, the dream would be that we get so much grant funding that we can pay everybody so mm -hmm. much that they deserve. But I think there's a, a there's a I think this is also pointing to a larger issue in the industry, right, of of not finding ways for companies to actually be the ones that are doing the paying. Right. Like there I think there needs to be a bit more infrastructure. Well, and it's and it's um, there does and there has to be better like it has to be easier to access. Mm -hmm. So for for me, I don't generally qualify for any kind of funding mm. um, and that's OK. I mean, I, I do what I do. I've been doing it a long time without funding and I expect that I will continue to be unfunded in the future. <laughs> um, and I'm not complaining about that, but when we talk about paying artists, then we also have to talk about quality of work. Mm. And when you, that's, that's the sort of difficulty or challenge with community theater is that theater and acting, that's one, one art form as opposed to say music where most people can tell if a musician is talented or not, mm. if it's a good musician mm. um, with acting, you get um, a wide variety as you should, which is fine. And a lot of people love it also fine, but it doesn't necessarily make them artists and, and it doesn't necessarily make them um, uh, eligible for compensation yeah, it's a bit, bit more of a slippery slope. It's yeah, it's really difficult to tell somebody who comes to audition, you know, great, but I, you know, because there's just it's just really hard to know yourself if you're good at it. Yeah, and God forbid anybody should tell you you're bad at oh, it. And you don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. you don't want to hear that. No, no. But also, you know, it, there's there there's got to be a way. Now, so my friend Daryl um, Christie, we've talked about this in the past before and um he comes from england and and where he was the people so if if you're going to do a show with a larger community group all of those groups charge sponsorships so you, you have to pay to be in in the play and his conversation that we had was he was talking with producers at his old theater company 
And they were always trying to figure out the line between when do you have to pay and when do we start paying you? Yeah. It's, yeah. How much training are we like, how much, how much training are we putting into you versus how much you're bringing to us yeah. as a trained person? And this is a question I think across the art sector in Kingston, right? Cause there are choirs that are like this too, that are offering skills that you pay to participate, but mm -hmm. also there's professional musicians. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So speaking about these like kind of hybrid models, we only have a few minutes left and I want to shift towards um, your collaboration with shortwave. So yeah. hot new announcement that I'm sure everyone will learn more about as time progresses, but uh, we are lucky at shortwave next year to be working with Anne Marie and Dinah on a new offering for the shortwave theater festival. So tell us a bit about what's coming down the pipes for shortwave next year. So coming down the pipes is a shortwave radio theater camp. camp. Yeah, it's so exciting. So Dinah and I talked about it um, about a month ago, I think. And nothing's really set in stone yet, but it looks like it's going to be aimed at high school-ish. Love it. Um, and it's going to be probably hours that high school people want to attend. So yeah. no early mornings. Uh, um and, and it's it's meant to be like an uh, if it was theater we'd call it page to stage so it's radio we're gonna call it page to mic maybe or page to waves there we go page to waves is page good to waves uh, so it's like the whole creative process right from concept to writing to um, envisioning recording producing and then presenting I love it I love it and it's been really interesting because. We've never specifically worked with youth with shortwave, but we have a few high schoolers in the festival this year. Fiona is an awesome high school actor who is in Garden of Edith. And then uh, we worked with the team at Blue Canoe last year, last in shortwave 2020, and they put out a great show. And I mean, in one of the talkbacks, one of the sound designers, Jeremy Kerr, he says, he's like, stop, I just want to say something right now, which is, if you ever wonder if you can do this, you definitely can do this. So I'm really <laughs> excited about this offering because I really think that radio theater is an extremely accessible form of making theater. You don't need the money for the big sets. And CFRC as a community radio station is a great space to, to learn this new skill under, under the talent of someone like Anne-Marie. So I'm really excited about, about hearing what kids would make i would love to listen to a, a high schoolers radio theater show i think it'll be so much fun i think you should come and and just hang just i know hang. i feel like i just want to like pretend i'm a high schooler and learn myself well it's radio who's to know who's to know right yeah right? you just kind of yeah that's good that's yeah cool. so if you're, if you're listening to the festival or if you know any high schoolers stay tuned on the cfrc social medias we'll definitely be releasing more information as it's coming but i really think it's going to be a great opportunity for for some younger folks to get involved in this kind of work yeah it will and fiona i saw her the other night she came back and just we were sitting chatting and she had the best time doing that so oh, thank oh, you for a, that for her because oh it's a great show yeah she's she, she does great work so she's uh, she's a talented girl talented girl yeah she's in yeah. garden of edith which airs this sunday Ooh. not this sunday but sunday of the festival uh so that is that this was my interview with the beloved Anne marie mortensen you know that she is so talented because i can't even think of a multi-hyphenate to act act like accurately you know describe you i'm like director writer producer educator theater person community catalyst friend neighbor all of the above accordion player <laughs>
accordion player well thanks so much Anne marie for joining me i really appreciate it and as Anne marie said look check out more of what's going on at bottle tree i'm sure you can find them on social media and uh stay tuned for what's coming down the pipes for shortwave radio theater festival camp next year thanks so much Anne marie thanks mariah <laughs>